Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 171. Today we are thinking about the idea that all of us are often busy in our lives building something, whether it's building actual physical buildings, building some kind of business up, building relationships, this idea of building, of growing something, of working on it and making it rise out of the ground, so to speak, is part of who we are as human beings. And that comes because we have a God who is a building kind of God. Not that he lives in a building, as the passages today will explain, but that God actually is building his kingdom and he's building people in a way that they are to continue and actually join God in a way of building up God's kingdom rather than their own. And the power to do that comes from what God will be explaining to us in his word today, especially from 1 Corinthians 3, where the Apostle Paul talks about how to build in the right kinds of ways. But we'll begin today again in Isaiah, where we're reading through these different oracles of judgment, but we'll come actually to the last chapter today, 25, and hear about God restoring his mountain. This is a picture of restoration and renewal of God building a new kingdom. Out of the old, out of the rubble, he will bring something new, and that will be giving hope to the people who turn to him. And so we begin today, Isaiah 23 to 25. This is an oracle about Tyre. Wail, you large ships, for the port is too devastated to enter. From the land of Cyprus, this news is announced to them. Lament, you residents of the coast, you merchants of Sidon who travel over the sea, whose agents sail over the deep waters. Grain from the Shiver region, crops grown near the Nile she receives. She is the trade center of the nations. Be ashamed, O Sidon, for the sea says this, O fortress of the sea. I have not gone into labor or given birth. I have not raised young men or brought up young women. When the news reaches Egypt, they will be shaken by what has happened to Tyre. Travel to Tarshish, wail you residents of the coast. Is this reality your boisterous city? whose origins are in the distant past and whose feet led her to a distant land to reside? Who planned this for royal Tyre? Whose merchants are princes? Whose traders are the dignitaries of the earth? The Lord of Heaven's armies planned it, to dishonor the pride that comes from all her beauty, to humiliate all the dignitaries of the earth. Daughter of Tarshish, travel back to your land as one crosses the Nile. There is no longer any marketplace in Tyre. The Lord stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. He gave the order to destroy Canaan's fortresses. He said, You will no longer celebrate, oppressed virgin daughter Zion. Get up, travel to Cyprus, but you will find no relief there. Look at the land of the Chaldeans, these people who have lost their identity. The Assyrians have made it a home for wild animals. They erected their siege towers, demolished its fortresses, and turned it into a heap of ruins. Wail, you large ships! for your fortress is destroyed. At that time, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years, the typical lifespan of a king. At the end of 70 years, Tyre will try to attract attention again, like the prostitute in the popular song, 
Take the harp, go through the city, forgotten prostitute. Play it well, play lots of songs, so you'll be noticed. At the end of seventy years, the Lord will revive Tyre. She will start making money again by selling her services to all the earth's kingdoms. Her profits and earnings will be set apart for the Lord. They will not be stored up or accumulated, for her profits will be given to those who live in the Lord's presence and will be used to purchase large quantities of food and beautiful clothes. Look, the Lord is ready to devastate the earth and leave it in ruins. He will mar its surface and scatter its inhabitants. Everyone will suffer, the priest as well as the people, the master as well as the servant, the elegant lady as well as the female attendant, the seller as well as the buyer, the borrower as well as the lender, the creditor as well as the debtor. The earth will be completely devastated and thoroughly ransacked, for the Lord has decreed his judgment. The earth dries up and withers, the world shrivels up and withers, the prominent people of the earth fade away. The earth is defiled by its inhabitants, for they have violated laws, disregarded the regulation, and broken the permanent treaty. So a treaty curse devours the earth, its inhabitants pay for their guilt. This is why the inhabitants of the earth disappear and are reduced to just a handful of people. The new wine dries up, the vines shrivel up, all those who like to celebrate groan. The happy sound of the tambourine stops, the revelry of those who celebrate comes to a halt. The happy sound of the harp ceases. They no longer sing and drink wine. The beer tastes bitter to those who drink it. The ruined town is shattered. All the houses are shut up tight. They howl in the streets because of what happened to the wine. All joy turns to sorrow. Celebrations disappear from the earth. The city is left in ruins. The gate is reduced to rubble. This is what will happen throughout the earth among the nations. It will be like when they beat an olive tree and just a few olives are left at the end of the harvest. They lift their voices and shout joyfully. They praise the majesty of the Lord in the west. So in the east extol the Lord. Along the east uh, sea coast extol the fame of the Lord God of Israel. From the ends of the earth we hear songs. The just one is majestic. But I am saying, I'm wasting away. I'm wasting away. I'm doomed. Deceivers deceive. Deceivers thoroughly deceive. Terror, pit, and snare are ready to overtake you, inhabitants of the earth. The one who runs away from the sound of the terror will fall into the pit. The one who climbs out of the pit will be trapped by the snare. For the floodgates of the heavens are opened and the foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken in pieces. The earth is ripped to shreds. The earth shakes violently. The earth will stagger around like a drunk. It will sway back and forth like a hut in a windstorm. Its sin will weigh it down and it will fall and never get up again. At that time, the Lord will punish the heavenly forces in the heavens and the earthly kings on the earth. They will be imprisoned in a pit, locked up in a prison. And after staying there for a long time, they will be punished. The full moon will be covered up. The bright sun will be darkened. The Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion in Jerusalem in the presence of his assembly, in majestic splendor. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you in praise. I will extol your fame. For you have done extraordinary things and executed plans made long ago exactly as you decreed. Indeed, you have made the city into a heap of rubble, the fortified town into a heap of ruins. The fortress of foreigners is no longer a city. It will never be rebuilt. So a strong nation will extol you, the, t- the powerful t- nations will fear you. 
For you are a protector for the poor, a protector for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm, a shade from the heat. Though the breath of tyrants is like a w- winter rainstorm, like heat on a dry la- in a dry land, you humble the boasting foreigners, just as the shadow of a cloud causes the heat to subside. So he causes the song of tyrants to cease. The Lord of heaven's armies will hold a banquet for all the nations on, the, on his, this mountain. At this banquet there will be plenty of meat and aged wine, tender meat and choicest wine. On this mountain he will swallow up the shroud that is over all the peoples, the woven covering that is over all the nations. He will swallow up death permanently. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. Indeed, the Lord has announced it. At that time they will say, Look, here is our God. We waited for him, and he delivered us. Here is the Lord. We waited for him. Let's rejoice and celebrate his deliverance. For the Lord's power will make this mountain secure. Moab will be trampled down where it stands. A heap of straw is as a heap of straw is trampled down in a manure pile. Moab will spread out its hands in the middle of it, just as a swimmer spreads his hands to swim. The Lord will bring down Moab's pride as it spreads its hands. The fortified city, along with the very tops of your walls, he will knock down. He will bring it down. He will throw it down to the dusty ground. So we hear uh, it ends again with another reminder of judgment. But in between that, just before that, actually, uh, we see God's promise of a renewal. A renewal that sounds very much, uh, if you're familiar with it, like the parts of the book of Revelation, where God will bring judgment, yes, but also he will swallow up death forever. He will bring a new day, a new feast, a new, a new renewal of all things. He will build a new kingdom that will last forever. And what's amazing is, as we turn now to 1 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul, as he writes the church in Corinth, talks about participating with God, in a sense, doing this building work, and doing it in such a way that it honors God, not about us. That this would be a kind of spiritual building empowered by God, by His Spirit, in a way that is profoundly unique and amazing and is inspiring and gives great hope. And so let's read now from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but instead as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready. In fact, you are still not ready, for you are still influenced by the flesh. For since there is still jealousy and dissension among you, are you not influenced by the flesh and behaving like unregenerate people? For whenever someone says, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, are you not merely human? What is Apollos, really? Or what is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, and each of us in the ministry the Lord gave us. I planted, Apollos watered, but God has caused the growth. So, Neither the one who plants counts for anything, nor the one who waters, but God who causes the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters work as one, but each will receive his reward according to his work. We are co-workers belonging to God. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, but someone else builds on it. And each one must be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than that what is being laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each builder's work will be plainly seen, for the day will make it clear, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what kind of work each has done. If what someone has built survives, he will receive a reward. If someone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives in you? If someone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, which is what you are. Guard against self-deception, each of you. If someone among you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become foolish so he can become wise. For the wisdom of this age is foolishness with God. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, The Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about mere mortals, for everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the the world or life or death or the present or the future. Everything belongs to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. What an amazing uh, chapter again. Paul saying that, The Spirit of God lives in those who trust and believe in Jesus, and that because the Spirit of God lives in you, you are God's temple. And as a person who's indwelt by the Spirit, Paul says, you need to do your daily work, live your daily life in such a way that you are building on the foundation of Jesus in your life, so that what you do will be bringing honor and glory to God. And so what is it that you and I are doing in our daily lives to build on the foundation of Jesus? Are we building God's kingdom or are we building and busy building our own? It's a thought that's worth considering, contemplating, and praying for God to help us see that we might be people who build on the foundation of Jesus in God's kingdom for his glory. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.